0: If you don't know me, there's some new kids this year. My name's Isaac. I have the awesome privilege of um, being able to work here during the week to care for you guys, to work with the kids there, working out how we can best teach you guys, and so you can live more like Jesus. Um, And if you haven't been here this term, we're travelling through a book of the Bible called. This term, we're travelling through a book of the Bible. Called? Judges! Uh, judges! Very good. And if you've been here, or you haven't been here, or you're on your phone, or if you haven't been listening, which listen, I'm sure there's some, I'm you a super quick recap of Judges. So, in Judges, we're travelling in the Old Testament of the Bible with God's people. Now, God has brought his people to the promised land, he had promised this land to them for ages and they finally get to the promised land after they're delivered from slavery and they wander around the desert for 40 years, which doesn't sound like my idea of fun. So they wander around the desert, they finally make it to the promised land, and when they get there, what we see is God's people ignore God, they're completely Now, these judges are a big different to our judges today. They're more like rulers, right? A leader of God's people. And what we see in judges is when there's a good judge, he, they lead, he or she leads God's people and they obey God again and they live in peace. But it never, ever lasts. They've got this terrible memory and often the judge will die and they will just forget about God again. They forget what God's done for them and they start to follow idols again. So in Judges, we see this pattern, or this cycle, emerging, right? God's people forget about him, they're delivered to an enemy, God appoints a judge, a ruler, they come back to him, under that judge, and they have peace. But then the cycle starts again, and they forget about him, you get the point, right? So in Judges 4, where we are today, this chapter begins by telling us that God's people have forgotten about him again. Again. In verse one it says, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Hebrew had died, now he was the old judge. Again, they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So God's people are disobeying uh, him and he delivers them into the hands of their enemies. We see that in verse two of chapter four. And God's people cry out to him in verse three, they cry out to God for help. Now I just want to pause here, and I think it's really important to note that in Judges 4, they're in trouble, they've done the wrong thing, and all they do, they just cry out to God for help. They don't cry out to God to say, oh sorry, God, forgetting about you again. Oh, we're really, really sorry, but can we please have your forgiveness, God? No, no, no. What they do is they're in trouble, the enemies are surrounding them, and they cry out to God for help. Now, how often do we do that too? Right? I do it. Right? I'll forget about God. I'll ignore him. I'll do something which I know God says I shouldn't do. And then when I have a slight inconvenience, right? I've lost the keys. Oh God, please help me find the keys. Right? The dog's got a tick. Oh God, please let the dog be fine. Oh God, please let there be enough money in my bank account to buy the quarter pound meal at Max. Right? We've all had that trouble with the car declines and it's really embarrassing. So, we do this, right? We're doing the wrong thing. And we don't come to God and say sorry, we just come to God and ask for help. We shouldn't do that, right? We've got to remember to come to God, not just for help, when we've come across an inconvenience, whether it's a little or little big, but to also say sorry. Sorry for forgetting about God. So, God's people, they're disobeying him, and the enemies are surrounded. And so they cry out to God for help. And during this time, there's a lady named Deborah. Everyone say Deborah. Deborah. It's a very Australian way of saying Deborah. Deborah. <laughs> Deborah. So we've got Deborah. Uh, she's this lady. She's the current judge and so the ruler of the Israelites. And she calls the commander of her army, the Israelite army, his name is Barak. Everyone say Barak. Barak. Okay, so Barak comes to Deborah. Right, and Barak comes to Deborah, and Deborah tells Barak, get your whole army together, Barak, and march towards this specific mountain. And Deborah tells Barak, you'll get to the mountain, and your enemy will be there in the valley. Now the enemy was Sisera, everyone say Sisera? Sisera. Sisera, all right, so. Um, Deborah tells Barak, go to the mountain, and Sisera and his massive army, Will be there. Now, Sisera had an awesome army. It says chariots, like weapons, all these awesome things, heaps of soldiers. He was super scary. Um, and so when Barak heard about this plan from Deborah, he's like, hmm, do I want to march towards Cicero? And he thinks, not really, but Deborah's telling me to do it, so what should I do? And so Barak becomes a bit of a toddler, and this is what he says. He says to Deborah, De- Deborah, <laughs> so he says to Deborah, oh, Deborah, I'll only go if you come with me. Will you please come with me, Deborah? I need all the help I can get. And so I can just imagine kind of Deborah rolling her eyes, like, sure, I can come with you if you want. But she says to Barak, because you haven't just gone and you've complained you about it, you're not gonna get the glory when you win the battle, like God's promise. And Deborah says, there's actually gonna be a woman who gets the glory. And so, you guys will see, when we get to it, that a woman really kinda of has the last word in this story. It involves a tent head, is what I'm saying. So. Um, so, Deborah and Barak and the entire Israelite army march towards Thysera, and his massive army. And just like Deborah said, surprise, they absolutely wreck Sisera's army. They're able to destroy them with God's help. So surprise God is faithful. We said that part of the right? Now while the Israelites are right, conquering this army, Sisera, I'm the leader of that enemy army, he gets a bit scared. And he runs away, he sneaks away. He runs all the way to a nearby town. Where he found the wife of someone he knows. She invites him in to hide and also to have a nap. Now the Bible says uh, that Sisera lies down on the floor and instantly falls asleep. Now that reminds me of Sam Foster. Mm -hmm. Right, if you guys know Sam, Sam can sleep anywhere. Even if you're talking to him, you can look over like mid conversation and you're like, oh, that's why he doesn't reply, and he's just snoozing. <laughs> there was one time that, we were playing, I think we are playing Pokemon Go, Sam. Hi. Sam stops at a Pokestop down in the lowlands, just to, turns off the car, just to spin the wheel for you guys to play Pokemon. Okay. And then, falls asleep at the wheel, luckily he wasn't driving,
1: and wakes up later, and
0: he's like, oh, what am I doing here? Oh, I've just fallen asleep at the Pokey in my car. Anyway, I'll say about that later. So Cicero comes in and he falls asleep straight away. And this is where the crazy stuff happens. So I'm just going to read it straight from the judges. It says this. But Jael, which is um, the wife, says Jael, he was wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly over to him while he lay fast asleep. Exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground. Through his, a so, so big temple, Through his temple into the ground. Now, then the rebel judges car to clarify with us, just if we're not completely sure. It says, and he died. Thank Richmond or North Richmond or wherever you come from, um, what can we get out of the story of God's people from thousands of years ago? And I'm gonna go through three things that philosophy three things. And the first is that we have a problem just like the Israelites I have a problem. Now our enemy, our problem is not some foreign army, it's not Cicero or the chariots trying to invade us, it's actually something so much more serious. And if we look at Judges, we can see that our problem is actually the same root problem that the Israelites have. The problem is sin. Remember the Israelites, they have forgotten about God again, terrible memories, and they are delivered to their enemies, and that's where they're in trouble. Their problem is sin, and our problem is sin. We also ignore God, forget Him. Just like Israelites and Judges, we hold idols, things that we act like are more important than God. Now, back then they had golden calves, statues, there was a god called Baal that they often worshipped. But today we also have idols, right? We put things in the place of God. Whereas friendship, a phone, sporting team, family, boyfriend or girlfriend, we often put things in the space of God. We have idols, we deliberately ignore him, we don't care about him, we don't listen to him. How many times in the last week have you done something and in the back of your head you know that you shouldn't be doing that? Yeah? Yeah, you've done that? I do that, right? I'm doing something in the back of my head. The Holy Spirit's telling me, hey, how's that? Probably shouldn't do it. What a good idea. And I know that. So, our problem, just like the Israelites, is sin. We forget God, we ignore God, we turn our backs on Him. And we just completely, completely forget what He's done for us. And sin is a problem we can't fix on our right. And that brings us to our second point. First point, we have a problem, just like the Israelites, with the sin. Second point, we need to cry out for forgiveness. Now, when we have a problem that we can't fix on our own, we need help, right? Now, this is literally what happens to me whenever I try and do anything handy around this building, right, I might be like screwing something into a wall, and I literally, <laughs> see where Isaac Hazel is? That's I amazing. had a ladder going up there, up there, walking up that ladder. Really? Obviously, it was not good enough. I had a problem. I fell off the ladder, and- Broke my arm. Okay, Nikki had to drive me to hospital. Okay, so I have very good and I do all these things, right? And they never work out. And what do I do? I've got a problem. Yeah. I pick up the phone. Hey Ben. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I was doing this thing at church, and um, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the wall fell down. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need you to come kind of fix it straight away, Ben. I'm really sorry. Right? How many times does that happen, man? Yeah. Pretty often. Yeah. Right. So we have a problem. When you have a problem you can't fix it on your own, you need someone's help. And sin is a problem we cannot fix on our own. Now in Judges four the Israelites recognised their problem, this massive army, and they couldn't fix it on their own. They cried out to God well for help. Well, our problem, sin, we need to cry out to God well for forgiveness. We need to say sorry for our sins, turn our backs on the idols we're pursuing. So let's not be like the Israelites who just come to God when they need something. Oh God, please help me do the world's exams today. right, let's not be like that. Let's come first to him and say sorry and ask for forgiveness. My mum said when I was growing up, sorry means you won't do it again. Who's going back? we hear that? Yeah? It's like the classic mom thing, right? Sorry when I didn't do the dishes. It's like the next day you don't do it again, right? Are you really sorry? And just imagine when we go to God and we say sorry for things, I can imagine God saying are you really sorry, Isaac? Because you said sorry uh, to me for this thing yesterday and now you're back here again today. And the next day you go to God say sorry, he's like You said this yesterday. Do you really mean it? Right? So when we say sorry, we have to actually mean it. And sorry means we at least really try to not do it again. Right? So we're in trouble. We've got a problem. We've come to God for help. So we need to be faithful to God if he's faithful to us. Come humbly before him. Cry out to say sorry. Not just ask for help in hard times. And God, this is our third point, God is faithful to us as he is to the Israelites, you know, Judges. In, in Judges 4, God's help is, God helps his people defeat the enemy. They had a much larger army, better chariots, better weapons, probably better organisation, probably a better leading of the army, because now back was so scared that he didn't want to go, right? So this army is better in every way. And I think what we realise when we think about it is it wasn't Deborah, it wasn't Barak, it wasn't the army. Hey girls in the third row, you got earphones in and get on, on your phone. Can you put that away for me? That's really rude. Earphones up? Next. Yes. So, right? We realise that it's not Deborah, Barak, or the army that defeated Sisera. It was God. Right, It was God. God did. And with our sin, we can't defeat it on our own. God has to do it. And God promises to us, God promises to us that he will take away our sins if we ask for it. Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We need to ask God for forgiveness and he is faithful to us as he is to the Israelites. He will save us from our sins. Even though we don't deserve it, even though we're not good enough, even though we're not strong enough to defeat the enemy, just like the Israelites here. God is faithful. And so to finish I want to read one of my favourite passages in the Bible from Deuteronomy 31. And this is when God promises to his people that he will be with them and protect them before they go into the promised land four judges. These promises are the ones that the Israelites are living under as they fight these battles. And so while I read this, I want you to know that this is the same faithful God that delivers us and that promises to deliver us from our following sin. Right? Although it is a great enemy like here in Judges 4, we know that God is so much more powerful that he goes before us and defeats Back We need to be faithful and trusted. So in Deuteronomy 39, God says this to his people that he's going to be with them as they encounter big problems. Just like he promised us. It says this in Deuteronomy 39. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead. He will destroy these nations before you and he will take possession of their lands. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you as the Lord's. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sigon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their lands. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, all of God's people, he said, Be strong and courageous. For you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to to, to give to your ancestors. And you must divide among them as your inheritance. And this is my favorite. The Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That is the promises that the Israelites in Judges 4 are living on. So, this is a wild story in Judges 4, right? There's blood guts, 10 pegs. But we need to remember that at the root of all that is Israel's actual problem, sin. An actual problem where they just forget, they ignore God, so fulfilled. And we need to know that here in Richmond, thousands of years later, we also have the exact same problem. We have terrible memories, we forget what God's done to us, we're not faithful, we have a problem just like the Israelites, sin. And we need to cry out to God for help and ask forgiveness. Like the Israelites did. And we need to know that God is faithful to his people, to us, just like he's faithful to the Israelites. And he will save us from that problem that we have, which is sin. He goes before us and he's with us. So let me pray for you. Uh, gracious God, we thank you that you love your people. And we thank you that you forgive your people over and over and over again. Lord, we're sorry that just like the Israelites, we forget about you and we ignore you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you put on all these nice hearts in this room today to look to you for forgiveness. And Lord, please give them assurance that you are with them and that you do promise to forgive them. Amen.